Welcome to the Underdog Jets podcast with Wayne Corbett and Robbie Sabo. Welcome back to the Jets Underdog podcast, Underdog Jets podcast. As Wayne knows, I always flip those two words from time to time. Coming off the huge victory, 31-30, I don't think Jets fans can fully believe it yet it's it was that miraculous down two possessions down 13 points it's kind of the reverse of the 1986 playoff game uh, for those old old of for the for those old enough to remember that craziness with Gastineau and Kenny O'Brien and and uh Pat Ryan but Wayne I, I know you saw the game yesterday uh what were you feeling during the final moments when Flacco drilled Garrett Wilson your boy and after it was all over Wow, exciting, obviously. Um, you know, you're used to games like that not working out in the Jets' favor. But, um, yeah, they found a way. I was just saying on ESPN, it was 99.9% that Cleveland was going to win the game at the betting odds at that point. Um, you know, even when they scored uh, the Corey Davis, you're thinking, you know, will I get the outside kick? Then I got it. Would they score again? Uh, and then all of a sudden, they're up one, and – Cleveland gets the ball on Jacoby Brissett goes 30 yard and you're like, tell me it's not going to end this way. But uh, Ashton Davis had a great uh, read on the quarterback and intercepted it to uh, lock up the win. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting game. And I think Jets fans should be even more optimistic because of this. They didn't play all that great from start to finish. It's a road game. It's hard to win on the road, but they came away with this victory and didn't play all that great. And it signals to me that the culture stuff is working. Like they're leaning on each other and, and the optimism is through the roof and an early season win like this. I I feel like in football more than any other sport, you could play above or below uh, your talent. It it could really do a lot of good things with this type of victory. Yeah. You don't want to go on to the start and then playing a tough team by Cincy, but they're on to, uh, but just to get a win like that, a win on the road, and and I had said last week maybe it's a good thing that they were on the road to get yep. out of the get out of the stadium, you know, and just kind of like backs against the wall. And um, yeah, they they responded to what you know Salah said, um, and they like said it's been years since we had a comeback like this, and you know this does wonders for a locker room and for the whole culture of the team. Brees Hall scores his first career touchdown. Garrett Wilson with two. Flacco, everyone was writing him off. I mean, it did not look good good early in a lot of respects, but man, I don't know how you feel, but Flacco, he's kind of like Eli Manning to me, Russell Wilson, where when things break down and things go chaotic and things are not smooth, that's when he's at his best. And I don't think there's a Jets fan in the world who – 
uh, thought they were going to lose that game when they recovered that onside kick. Yeah. Um, listen, I said last week, you know, Joe's a, a game manager at this point in his career, but he was driving the ball yesterday. Like he yeah. was playing his back foot and driving the ball. The week before, he's he's throwing off his back foot. It didn't look right. He had nothing behind the ball. But uh, those last two throws uh, for the touchdowns kind of shows he still has that zip on the ball. But it's just different feel, different feel to this game. And uh, it, was, it wasn't a two-score game the whole game. Right. It was close, and they went up two scores at the end. But they were there. They were there the whole game, and they just need an opportunity. And after they got that kick, um, you know, it looked like maybe it was destined to work. Yeah, they they were there. Like you said, they were there in the game the whole time. It's just that fourth quarter kind of worn them down. But yeah. um, thank you, Nick Chubb. Uh, someone said it, Jake Asman. If you had Chubb in fantasy and you're a Jets fan, you had the best of both worlds yesterday because Chubb scored that gift of a touchdown that gave them a chance. If he falls down after scoring a first down, after getting that first down, it's over. They could take three uh, kneels, three victory formation plays, and it's over. But he doesn't. Man, the the breakdown in, in coverage on Corey Davis, what what the hell were they doing? I have no idea. I still haven't watched that play. Um, and then, I don't know, again, defensively, they just were too soft, and Flacco took advantage. Yeah. Um, when you're going game speed, you're not thinking about dropping down at the one-yard line and running out the clock. Um, yeah. Hate to say it, I don't know if it's even been taught. Usually a game like this wakes up all the other head coaches in the league say, hey, let's cover this in case we're in this situation. But in week two, you know, maybe that hasn't been really, you know, ingrained in, in people's brains uh, at that point in the game. So I just saw a comment um, by Matt's Flacco looked like Testaverde. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how about that? Yeah. What do you think? Everybody, everything's going to be compared to the Monday Night Miracle and the comparisons to the plays and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, Flacco did a great job. Yeah, Flacco it, and Testaverde is an easy comparison too because well, they both have that guys, strong arm. Big tall white guys, you know, that can't move but have cannon arms. Yeah, uh, and, I mean, I'll take Testaverde over uh, over anybody, but uh, Flacco still has it, and I uh, I think he deserves another week. Uh, coming up uh, at the starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing it on the screen right now. Look at this play. He plants his back foot. There's no hesitation. He knows where he's going right now. Look at when he throws the ball. Yeah. When he decides to throw the ball right here and look at the coverage. Yeah. He's throwing Garrett open at that point. And he, he, he has to put some steam on it because you see the far, the far safety didn't even react. Nope. He's kind of like just stuck there. Yeah, you don't want to be – I mean, well, that's what's, the, what's he doing in the slot down low? What's Braxton doing? He's going to do an out, and then Moore is going to do a vertical of some sort, and then Carter's releasing a little late. Well, let's see what the safety on the, on this hash is looking at. He's looking at the quarterback. Yep. He's not even looking at those receivers. He should. He. I don't know if he would have got there, but he's got a. He's too deep he, too. He, see, listen, Ashton was reading Reset's eyes on that last pick, but this guy didn't read uh, Flacco's eyes, or he could have made a play on it. Yeah, and this guy he gets lost because watch Conklin, and this credit credit to the floor. Watch Conklin, great job here with the route. He has to delay it because these two are working in concert. Conklin has to distract this guy. They're playing like a soft two right here where they where they did this a lot on the last drive. 
a soft cover two and Conklin, like a little skip there, delay it, delay it, delay it. And that's the perfect timing right there to take, not allow him to get enough depth. And that was the key. Well, we'll see a good week. We'll see what happens. Uh, see what happens going into this week and, and what's said, but it looks like we got a bunch of, bunch of comments and uh, questions here. What, what do they got? Uh, is it will be interesting to hear Wayne's perspective coming from the Monday Night Miracle. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, the comparisons, um, different situation on how bad we actually played in Monday Night Miracle um, and kind of how it's stacked against us. But this is, uh, you know, you needed certain plays at certain times. Uh, and just the fact that it happened in a minute and a half, um, I think it's been like 2000 games, like, almost 15 years since a team was down 13 or more and came back in the last two minutes that this, you would think it would happen occasionally, but it hasn't happened in the last 2000 games. So I don't show you how special it is, but uh, nothing's like the Monday night miracle. Uh, and hopefully they could, hopefully they can uh, build on this. Yeah, it was, uh, yesterday was nothing like it. Like you said, you guys did the two halves. Well, not the two halves, the fourth quarter compared to the other three quarters completely flipped. Uh, Jets were terrible that game. You guys were terrible, and just it, it, everything flipped in the final what six, eight, ten minutes. Yeah, we I mean we came back from like thirty. I mean, yeah, it was it was absurd. Touchdown, onside kick, um, touchdown, which was like I said, I'm not taking anything away with it, but you know we we had to score thirty points, not fourteen. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah. this is the kind. This is a game changer for an organization and for a team this young. Um, we'll talk about the receiver, the, you know, the offensive uh, core, how young they are. But a, a team that's looking for, and the fans that are looking for something to cheer for, this is a huge win to change the culture for the New York Jets. It is. Um, High Sports says, I was at the game, probably one of the greatest days living. Go Jets. Um, Listen, people, people live, in, you know, it's like fans deserve this. But to be honest with you, I felt the same way. I mean, I know I'm a forward player, but I'm a fan too. And I mean, I was excited. You know, I'm, I called my wife and just was screaming that they won. I felt like a you know a kid again rooting for for my favorite team. But it's just how it was. I mean, it's just not believable kind of thing. So um, yeah, fans to be exciting, and MetLife is going to be uh, uh, rocking come this Sunday versus the, uh, the Bengals. And that's another thing. I mean, with Flacco, how good he was in this game, uh, how clutch he was. Y- y- fans started thinking maybe Zach Wilson comes back for this game. Um, it's not going to happen. They already announced it today when Salah spoke to the media that it will be Flacco. They want to make sure Wilson's 100%, beyond 100%. Uh, so it will be Flacco again. And hey, how can you not be confident going in? Yeah. Um, like you said, make sure Zach is 100%. Uh, if it was a loss, I don't know if the same decision was made, but what they said three weeks ago, it could be four weeks. They want to make sure he's ready. Um, and just coming off that win, how can you not, you know, start Flacco again? Uh, but we'll see. Um, I don't know what's going to happen this week, but certainly, I mean, the confidence that they have right now is, is probably, you know, as high as it's been in a while. And, and as far as what this play means, you know, Brees Hall gets his first touchdown. Garrett Wilson yeah. scores. Young receiver core, young quarterback, except for Flacco. 
Uh, young line, I mean, they they got some future. They have some weapons on this offense going right. forward. What are you saying? Flacco's old. <laughs> he's uh, he's getting up there and uh, and they well compare especially on that roster. Uh, he's like you know could be a dad to some of these young guys. Grandpa uh, Joe, baby. Yeah, Grandpa Joe. Looked, Did you see it celebrated in a locker room afterwards too? It was a nice scene. He deserves um, it. Yeah, he deserves it. You know, he's just—he's not a you know a clipboard carrier at this point in his career. He still has something left in the tank. Yep. He's had a great career, so I'm glad he's getting the the chance to still show he has it. And here's Garrett Wilson's first touchdown. I yeah. mean, pretty simple. Uh, was it third down? I'm not sure if it was third down. Um, yeah, third and two. So coming through on third down, something they didn't do in week one. Uh, just twins here. Corey Davis close split with Conklin. One on one and watch the route. Watch the release down low. I mean, well, he just that, knows he has time. Well, he goes in motion. The slot goes in motion. Automatically, this guy on the outside has to jump inside and take away the slant. He's got no help. Right. Good so point. as soon as he opens hips, you know, he's done right there. He can't, he cannot afford to let him release inside. Cannot. And Garrett knew it. So he got into his technique and, um, yeah, Joe's ready to throw, and it's it's over. It's over mm-hmm. for you. And after one step. Yeah, good point on the motion because if that stays there, they're gonna maybe even think exchange. Nah, it's probably it's not close enough to exchange. But yeah, the inside is not as available. A well drawn up play. Was, it really was. Lafleur had a good day. Lafleur had a good day. Uh, let's see what we got. Uh... Someone, Joe Campanelli said, hmm, receipts taste good. Let's go Jets. Yeah, that comment could come back and haunt them, or it could look, you know, amazing based on, you know, result this week. But I don't mind what he said. You know, he's believing in his team, Salah, and this is how he feels, and if this is how he want to motivate his, his team and his coaches, then I'm all for it. So, uh, yeah. You know, going in after this week, uh, a comment sounds uh, sounds great, and I'm sure the receipts taste good. <laughs> yeah, and, and a lot of fans didn't want to hear it when Salah said it, and I understand where they're coming from. But like we said on the show last week, if you if you want to pick a guy to put in charge to turn around a, a franchise that's been yeah. losing for quite some time, you you need the optimistic guy. You need the guy who's going to say, "I'm here. We are going to get this done." And that's yeah. it's as simple as that. And what he said in the it, with the receipts to the media was a message to his players. It, and that's the thing that's really important to me. Here's another comment by Joe Campanelli. So, what is it like moving forward in a locker room after a huge come from behind uh, win? It's Good huge. Question, Joe. That whole in the home of the Jets thing. We started it, yeah. We the '98 season, yeah. Um, kind of road warriors, and um, I think at one point we're winning so much on the road that even during a home game, we stayed in the hotel the night before just to kind of like mimic what we do on the road trips. Um, so yeah, I mean, when you you get that win, the ride, the the airplane ride home is quick, and everybody's having a good time, and probably drinking a little bit. So. It does a lot for the confidence of the team, and it just you get to exhale a little bit, getting that first win out of the way, in the way they did it. Who who played? Uh, who was involved in the card games on the plane back in the day? Um, the quarterbacks. The, the quarterbacks are smart. They always got good. Uh, 
good card, uh, good card skills. So uh, we actually played the whole way to Japan for the Tokyo Bowl in preseason. We played for like 12 hours straight. But, oh, my uh, goodness. On the way home, you know, after a win like this, it's just so satisfying to uh, to be able to celebrate like that. Um, what did he say? This guy said, probably one of the greatest days of living, go Jets. P.S. LaMarcus Joyner is horrible. Why ruin the comment by saying it's the one of the greatest days living, go Jets, and then blast one of the players? That's silly, man. I don't get comments like that. But, yeah, if you're, if you're a Jet fan, it – it's been a while since you had a day like that, but uh, I don't know what Lamarcus Joyner uh, has to do with uh, with the, with anything that the Jets did or didn't do. Yeah, feel feel good, fellas. Listen, Joyner, he had a tough week one, gave up that uh, big play. I- I'm still watching the film, but so far, I mean, he, he had a solid day yesterday, and I still got a lot to go through, but I have a feeling he wasn't as bad as people think. Here you go. Um, Verge Tibbs, um, love how the special teams turned it around in huge way from week one to two. Uh, and the onside kick, yeah, I was the first one just blasting Zerline that, you know, he missed that field goal last week in a close game because I yeah. said when you're in offense and you finally get a long drive going um, and you get no points out of it, it's deflating to to an offense. Uh, so he made a, what, 57-yarder? Uh, yeah. makes that kick and then the punts are good, kickoffs are good, and, and the onside kick. That's a special talent to do that, to be able to get that thing to to, to spin around like that. So, yeah, special teams uh, had a huge weekend. Obviously, Barrios is solid all the time. So, yeah, they stepped up uh, their game big time this week. Yeah, that's why the kids call him Greg the Leg. He still has that leg, even though he's up there in age. Just like right. Flacco still has that arm. And yeah. uh, they said it t- either tied a franchise record for field goal long or broke it. And I immediately thought, who has the record? John Hall came to mind, but it wasn't right. John Hall. Um, somebody in the comments will uh, shout it out. Green Bean Jets fan who does some videos on YouTube uh, chimes in. This is epic. What an amazing impact a win has on a Monday. Yeah, that's a thing with Jets fans. And you know, I tweeted it. They They definitely deserved it. The organization deserved it for the work they've put in, putting the right mindset forward. I mean, that's in football, Wayne, you know, it's it's about the process. The results yeah. are important, but the process is what is critical in route to getting the results. Yeah. So I think all the way around, everyone deserved it. Yeah, what an amazing impact a win has on a Monday. And it's not just the players and the coaches and Woody and Christopher and his family. It's the fans. It's everything. Just the mindset of people going to work today. Jet fans, they, you know, the Monday blues, there's no Monday blues. They couldn't wait to get to work today to like, uh, I know the Giants are what, 2 and 0, but I, they, they couldn't wait to get to work today to all the naysayers so far. Listen, they're one on one. I understand that. But all across the board, it is a great day to be a Jet player and a Jet fan. Yeah. What another person says, Aaron Daniels, um, I feel like we stole this game, but kind of makes up for feeling like, we gave away last week's game. Uh, Garrett Wilson looks like the real deal to me. Yeah. Um, actually, someone, Thomas Gutman, said, Hey, Wayne, you're the one who pinpointed Garrett Wilson as a solid um, you know, target. I have an eye for that stuff. Um, yeah. I saw going in, um, watching film, that he was the best receiver in the draft. 
um, and not by a little bit. I just felt like the separation he got in the rats he ran, yeah. you know, was top competition in, in, in college football that uh, he's a, he's a force. Um, and between him, Corey and Braxton and Elijah, those four are as deep as you can get in the league as far as top four receivers uh, on a team, um, throwing a young quarterback and two young running backs. Like I said, they're going to be good for a while. Through their first two games of their career, Garrett Wilson, 12 catches, 154 yards, two touchdowns. Jamar Chase, seven catches, 154 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Justin Jefferson, five catches, 70 yards, no touchdowns. I mean, through two games, he's doing some incredible stuff, and the stats, you know, showcase the story. Here's another one. Jim, the Batiste, Wayne, did you ever think or feel that the Zebras were playing against your team? Mm. Thing to be doing yesterday. Listen, you're not going to get calls on the road. Um, veteran players sometimes get better, you know, more calls than the, the, to, than the younger guys. Uh, yeah, sometimes when you're losing and things aren't going right, you'll blame anything. Uh, and the referees are usually a hot topic on their, their, you know, they're not calling this, they're not calling that against them, but they're calling against us. So, yeah. I have had days where it felt like that, especially on the road, where I think the fans could kind of, you know, predict that there'll be a makeup call for the the home team uh, if the fans let them know they missed one. So, yeah, I certainly had days like that. couple of unsung heroes, Max Mitchell for hopping on that fumble, uh, the Conklin fumble. That yeah. was enormous in the game. Yeah, he's uh, everybody plays a role. Um, and yeah, I everybody. didn't realize what happened. Um, cause I was watching the game cast cause I wasn't, I was in DC. So stupid Ravens and Redskins game on the <laughs> Jets game. But, uh, yeah, plays like that go unnoticed, but he's an untung hero for the win. Yep. Will Parks on the onside kick, uh, didn't let it go out of bounds, which was crucial. And then Whitehead and DJ Reed and Quan Alexander, those three just bring the excitement on defense. Again, they played really solid. Yeah. Listen, their defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. Uh, surprising they gave up 30 yesterday. But, you know, I don't know if we could score 31 every game, but you know, that's not going to happen again with that defense. It just had a bad day. And the offense bailed them out, and it could be vice versa, you know, this week against a high-powered offense. Uh, Pat Leahy, best kicker in Jets history. What do you think about that? Pat Leahy certainly played enough years for the Jets, like 20 years or so. Dude, he had a great career. Um, you know, that's funny. When they did that, the all-time team for the Jets, um, he was there. Uh, and I never met him before. But I had, like, his football cards and stickers and stuff like that. Super guy. Very unassuming that he had 20-year career in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, he was he was a great player. You know, my guy was John Hall. Yeah. Uh, when I was there. Um, that, I, that I remember. My, Lowry, Nick Lowry was my first kicker. He was like 20 years old to me. He had a great career, but uh, I think the other one was Nugent. Yeah, they drafted pretty high. So Second I, round, I think, right? Second yeah, round or fourth round? Or the two. Good, uh, good kickers. Yeah, I remember Lowry. Where did he come from? The Chiefs? I forgot about Lowry. Wow, he was after Leahy, I think. Yeah. Um, and John Hall, I'll always, I'll never forget it, the way he wore his chin strap. It was like a hockey player. When I, when I was a kid watching, I just like, what is this guy doing? Is he out of his yeah. mind? So once from legend... Killer. 
I broke out my old Quebec jersey to wear yesterday. Had to change it up. And it worked. Superstitious, sure, but I'm going to keep wearing it Sundays till Jets lose. Athletes are the most superstitious people you'll ever meet. And as if I was watching the game, like I said, on GameCast, when I looked and they started doing good, I wouldn't watch the play. I'd scroll down, look at something else, and scroll back up to see the result of the play. And then I see Corey Davis. I scroll down, and then I see we got the onside ticket. So I kept doing that. So I'm a uh, superstitious as they come. So, yes, support the team wearing your Wayne Corbett jersey this week at the Bengals game and continue to wear it because uh, I do believe in stuff like that. Do you do uh, do you do that stuff with fantasy too? I'm yeah, I'm yeah. weird about if something yeah, works. Listen, I went out before the game wearing the same thing at the same time. Um, most of the games my career, and I, and I felt that got me ready in a good mindset. And if you believe in that stuff, do you believe in it? I don't blame you. Um, there was one about Cincy. What do you think the point of point of emphasis should be against Cincy uh, like a shout out the name when I find it but what do you think about Cincy looking ahead here I mean they're on too all the yep. games have been close you know in the last uh, the last handful of games were close you know some they won some they lost but I don't know I heard going into it maybe they kind of like overproduced last year how far they went in the playoffs Super Bowl uh, hangover you know yeah so yeah yeah so it's like I don't know. Um, maybe that happened, but uh, you know, all of a sudden they go from a team that it's just a game to people to they have a target on their back. Being a you know coming off the season they did last year, it's a little different when you got a mark on your back, and teams are getting up for them just like we're going to get up for them this week. And um, they got to be doubting themselves and questioning themselves on what kind of year they're going to have because if they go in three, uh, they're really up against it, especially in, in the division with. Um, the Ravens. Yeah, and Legend Killer said it, which I agree. Bengals are a good matchup for the Jets. We Listen, we saw it last year in the Mike White game. They really are in a lot of ways because their O-line is not that great. I, I You know, you don't never want to play a talented quarterback in Burrow. I, I can't say enough about Burrow. This man never gives up in a football game, no matter what is happening. He never gives up. But in a lot of regards, it's a good matchup for the Jets. Yeah, Um yeah, they're tough. They got a tough, uh, you know, tough offense. Um, I don't know too much about their defense. I really don't know. I'm not sure where they compare in the league, but we got a test for, mm-hmm. our, for our defense coming up this week. You know, yeah, they're, since he's D's okay. I mean, they have some talent. Uh, I'm interested most in Chase versus Sauce. That'll be a hell of a matchup. And again, Sauce, I thought, played another great game that coverage in the end zone where he forced the incompletion uh, on the double move. I forget who it was. It was a Cooper. Great coverage. Even if he caught that, it was great coverage. Uh, the yeah. miscommunication on the touchdown may have been him, but still, ne- he he was he was phenomenal all the way yeah. around. I'm not sure if he's going to travel with Jamar, but, you know. Yeah, Higgins, it should be interesting. Tyler Boyd still has it. Higgins is a good, uh, you know, partner of crime to chase. Yeah, Higgins is good. I don't know if he was questionable for the game, but played. Yeah, he had a concu- he had uh, some concussion uh, issues, but did play, I think. Yeah, but we got their tight end, who was a big part of their offense last year. Last year in Azuma, um, and I don't know who backs up Mixon, but you know, after those top, you know, Mixon, Chase, and I mean, they're kind of limited, and mm-hmm. Barlow's not a scrambling quarterback. So, um, yeah, I think we got a good chance to uh, to to stop them this this week. 
Yeah, it, it should be interesting. I mean, they're going to be desperate. You know that. But hey, like you said, they were probably better off on the road this week. I think it's a good thing that they're home again this year against Cincy. And, and it happens this week. Yeah. Um, listen, like I said, we got nothing to lose. And we beat uh, we beat them last year in the shocker at uh, MetLife. So we know we could beat them. Um, and like I said, the fans are going to be behind the, the team. They're excited. And just, listen, we showed that we can come back. Hopefully we start off the game like we ended it. But, you know, fans got to understand. And they were they were very supportive, the you know, week one. Even though they, and they lost, they supported the team. I know you occasionally get some boos during some three and outs. But uh, I think it's a whole different story going into week uh, three than week one. J.E. says, Wayne, you – and Steve Largen are the only receivers with no gloves on. That's not true, but you two stick out big time with the no gloves. What's the reason for the no gloves? Listen, I, I wore gloves at points in my career when it just got too cold, you know, playing in the Northeast and stuff. But I just like, you know, you know, it wasn't like in the beginning, but I just like to feel the ball on my bare hands and just felt, you know, I just preferred it that way. I felt more comfortable. Um, yeah, but there hasn't. Like now, there's no one that really. Nobody, nobody. I mean, it, it, you'd be. It would be interesting if you were in the league now if you'd wear gloves because the gloves today are just alien-like. They're absurd. I wouldn't wear them. When I was you wouldn't wear them. They're no. they're just so insane. You could you could scale you know skyscrapers in New York yeah. with those. My ten year my ten year old has the gloves, <laughs> and I mean he could palm the ball. I mean you could catch the ball like from a quarterback wearing those gloves are so. We had the Newmans, which were like leather. Oh, yeah, I had Newmans, they too. They were slippery, bad. and what yeah. they have now is ridiculous. I, mean, I thought you were going to take a crack at me. Great, but promise you, they're not as hard as they look. Um, but I just liked it better. And, um, you know, it's just my my reason. It's a mental thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't blame guys for wearing the gloves these days. Um, it certainly helped. And plus, the quarterbacks' arms are getting stronger and stronger. I mean, the, this is those, true. the laces will tear your finger, fingers up. Yeah, for a second there, they're going to take a crack at me. Like even you could catch and catch with these gloves today. Yeah, it's uh, it's different story, man. Technology. Um, I mean, that's you know we we used. Uh, I mean, guys had stick them. Uh, you know, like Bolitnikov back in the day. But yeah, if you, you get if you use them, use them. Why not? It's like uh, Michael Jordan in '98 when he wore the original Jordan ones in the All Star game at MSG. Right. His feet were bleeding afterwards, and he just praised technology after the game was over. He's like, we've come a long way. Yeah. What else do we see here? Yeah, get your get your questions in. we got about five minutes left, folks. Um, and we're going to try to do this more where we hop on live for about a half an hour, you know, 35, 40, 40 minutes tops. Right. Uh, so five minutes left with Wayne. Get these questions in. Yeah, Legend Kill again. Question for Wayne. Seeing as you played for both Parcells and Herm, how do you think Salah stacks up? Well, I mean, this is his first head coaching job when he's had to deal with a lot of adversity. Um, I understand that. But he's got the same passion um, and approach as, as Herm had. Uh, certainly a player's coach, um, you know, understands what the player's going through mentally. Uh, so did Barcelos do, but he kind of used it to his advantage to kind of like push your buttons and you, you know, mm -hmm. as tough as he could be, he'd run through, you know, you'd run through a brick wall for him. But uh, Herman, 
a seller or, or, you know, comparable um, just based on the, you know, this kind of person, the kind of temperament they have. Um, and I think uh, Sal's the guy to coach this team in New York. I think he's yeah. perfect for New York. He's handled things the right way. Uh, I, have, I have no questions or qualms about any way he's handled last season or, or this season. Um, and hopefully him and Joe Douglas, you know, can stick together for a long time because that's how you have, uh, you know, succeed uh, in this league. You have that consistency over time. Yeah, I, I've never really thought about it, but that's interesting. Sala and Herm as a comparison, you know, both defensive guys, both um, – player coaches in quotes, both uh four three guys. So, you know, there there are some definitely some uh, similarities there. Yeah. Um do you that, think- uh, Jim Pack, this is I get questions like this. Do you think the Jets should not have kicked the ball through the end zone with 22 seconds left yesterday? You're always gonna be questions on it, especially if it doesn't work. But uh you know what? You gotta have them be as far as possible from getting a field goal range because guys can kick at 65 yards uh, now. It worked out. You know, Fritz said had a long scramble, but uh, the play was made by Ashton Davis, so no sense even questioning it. Uh, if they have to do it again, I bet you they do the same thing. John or Jim D. Batista. Hey, Wayne, someone posted a video of you in your first camp and you were wearing a single-digit number like five or something. It was three, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I was number three. Oh, it was a good post to see stuff like that. Um, yeah, uh, I was number three in Hofstra. I don't know mm-hmm. if people realize that. So it wasn't like I got a kicker's number. I was number three, so they gave me number three. Uh, and then at that point, it's not like now where anybody can wear any number, any position, which right. is weird to have a linebacker wearing number five or something. It is. It is. So, um, you know, I would have stuck with maybe number three, but, you know, Having a eighty, uh, it'd look weird. For me have playing my career in anything but the number eighty. I'll tell you, that would be Jets fans. That would be a nice uh, jersey out there if you had a green Jets number three Corvette jersey. But you know, you rarely see those. I have the only one. I mean, oh, there's, there's only one, and you got you can't. What if someone can get it customized? No, nah, I mean, I got the only real one. Okay, <laughs> anyway, you can get something customized. I can get a. You know, a Red Grange jersey. <laughs> a Lawrence Taylor. I can get Al Bundy Polkai jersey. I can get anybody. I can get a uh, you know the, from the Longest Yard. You yeah. Know, or, you know, from uh, the replacements. You know, or Johnny Utah. Whatever. Be <laughs> any jersey you want, but I got the only one that exists. I'm, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to throw ideas out there. So fans, uh, I go to uh, the Bengals oh game God. Sunday and I see a host of three jerseys. Johnny, um, that's uh. From Point Break, that was Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Johnny, yeah, he played at Ohio State. Something like that. So, I think Ohio State. I think. Yeah, yeah Johnny Utah. Okay, Al Bundy jersey. But uh, yeah, I, I've never. I mean, I still have my number three hostage jersey that my son wears um, sometimes. Um, it's nice to have the only ones, really. But uh, yeah, I hope someone wears a number three now. Uh, I'll make sure I sign it for him. Man, I didn't think uh, Johnny Utah would be getting called out on this one. Yeah, hey, you never know what's going to happen on these podcasts. Uh, Let's see. I want my Arnold Corbett. What is this? I want my Arnold Corbett jersey. What is that? He's quoting Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, I got you. 
Uh, John Hassel, I have Wayne's rookie autograph. I wonder what Wayne thought as a rookie when kids started asking for autographs. Yeah. Um, you know, when they come to the fence after practice and we'd go say hello to them. Yeah. I signed autographs. You know, I think I just was next in line. I, you know, they wanted me to sign it. I don't think any kids uh, or thought about it. I think they're just happy to get a signature from, from mm-hmm. a Jeff player. Well, uh, you know, as a, me and my Mark, it was just different because the excitement was there to get stuff signed. And I always appreciate it. I still appreciate it. Um, and I, you know, I've tried to sign as many in my career as possible. And I still do it. Um, try to make time, you know, sign whatever, whatever they want. Cause I'm thankful that they still want it. And I say that. So yeah, it was a crazy thing when people actually wanted it cause they knew who I was. So, uh, you know, cherish those memories. Uh, let's see. What do you think about the defensive line rotation? It, this is a big topic among Jets fans that, you know, yeah, rotation uh, across the D-line in the NFL does happen often these days, but the Jets seemingly do it a lot more than other teams. Um, he says, David says that it seems like their best players aren't on the field at key points. What do you think about the rotation? I mean, keeps guys fresh. Uh, I don't... I don't follow the rotation of these guys' line. I don't know who's in there, but whoever's in there has been doing a good job. So I'm sure they know going into the game how it's going to be. Um, but if you know you're in there for a handful of plays or certain downs, you know what to expect. You're not saving any energy when you're out there. You know, you can use it all up knowing you're going to get a quick breather. And then go back out there and do your job. Yep. All right, folks. Check out JetsXFactor.com. We'll get to one more question I think I see here, but go to JetsXFactor.com. Use discount code 80. Uh, best thing you could do is share this YouTube video once we get off live. Uh, rate and review. Give us a five-star review over on iTunes. Get JetX Mobile on the App Store with the iPhone and Google Play with Android. And, um, you know, we're going to do a lot more of these live shows, getting Wayne on. I, I think he loves us. He loves Jets fans more than any other group in this world. I, I know this for a fact. Yeah, it's um, we like doing the shows, but we like to give our take and then answer your questions on specifically what Jet want, Jet fans want to hear. So mm-hmm. we will do more of these uh, now that we figured out the technology. So uh, we will talk after next week's win, hopefully versus the Bengals. Thanks for the questions. Um, like I said, look forward to, to talking to you guys next week. All right, we'll, we'll we'll sign off on this one. Do you still get the itch to play when you watch games, Wayne? Yeah, you know, especially when I'm when I'm there, uh, and people don't realize what I'm watching is the sidelines most of much of the game. See how they react to plays, and you know, I miss going out for this national anthem, the flyovers, you know, all stuff like that. The whole experience. So when I'm watching, mm-hmm. you know. On TV, it's one thing, but when I'm actually at the games, yeah, I get the the itch to get out there, you know, more than more than you would believe. So, uh, you know, the second second best being there as a former player rooting for my team. All right, Jets fans, thanks for hopping out with us. We'll see you again soon. Uh, we'll see what they do this Sunday against Cincy. Wayne, thank you, and uh, have a good one. Cool.